the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The world is a complicated place. You need someone to expose the political fakers, fixers, and takers, and to cut through the mindless chatter and misdirection to help you make sense of it all. That person is Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the show. And uh, Joe Biden famously said that we need to keep spending to go to keep from going bankrupt. That was uh, talking about uh, funny money spending after the Great Recession of 2008-2009 in the first term of the Biden, the uh, Obama-Biden administration, the Joe-Bama administration. They're in their third term now, if you're counting at home. And uh, now he's uh, suggesting the same. Uh, and uh, more specifically, that uh, we need to spend $2 trillion of government funding money to get America back to work. Well, Casey Mulligan has uh, crunched some of the numbers, and he suggests actually that $2 trillion spend would have the opposite effect of getting Americans back to work. Casey Mulligan is a professor of economics at the University of Chicago. He served as the chief economist of the White House Council of Economic Advisors in 2018 and 19. And he's the author of Your Hired, Untold Successes and Failures of a Populist President. Casey, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Yeah, glad to be back, Dan. Wait a second. So we're going to spend more money that we're going to be protecting people's jobs, and we're going to be just giving them some bridge money for those who've been displaced or underemployed during the pandemic so they can get back to work at full-time employment. That's the that's the plan. Uh, that's at least part of the sales pitch. Why won't that come to pass if this legislation passes and is enacted? Well, it's a dismal science that tells us uh, there are trade-offs. Uh, you, you give relief to people in tough situations, uh, that's relief. But it also will increase the number of people in tough situations. And this, this uh, so-called stimulus does it in, in ways we, we've never seen before. When Obama did his stimulus 12 years ago, he had, for example, a $25 a week bonus for the unemployed. But now we're talking $400 bonus. So many, many times bigger than ever been tried before, other than what was done briefly with the CARES Act. Well, the $400 bonus, then that's just to, to um, you know, to, to smooth out this difficult time. What's wrong with Four hundred dollars, as opposed to twenty-five or a hundred or two hundred. Uh, it does smooth out the difficult time, but it also makes the difficult times last longer. Uh, when you subsidize something, you get more of it, um, and it, it comes in two directions. There'll be people who won't be in a hurry to get back to work because it's been smoothed over like this. Also, think of it from a business's perspective. They have to compete. Not only have to compete with the other businesses for workers. But now they're going to have to compete with the federal program. And some of the businesses will go out of business um, and won't be hiring people because of that. And you say the Biden plan is welfare reform in reverse. What do you mean? Yeah, the idea came about in the 90s. It was heavily debated in the Clinton years 
um, should people getting government benefits be required to work? And the Democrats at the time says, you go ahead, require them, but there's no jobs for them. Um, and it, it went through. Gingrich and, and his Congress pushed it through. And everybody was surprised. And even Obama himself acknowledged uh, years later, you know, I, I was wrong about that welfare reform. It really does work, no pun intended. Um, but I guess that lesson's been forgotten. And so we're taking away the requirements to work when, when on government benefits. Um, well, and you, yeah, it, you make a, you make some important points that people need to keep in mind. Um, for example, the benefits being conferred, the transfer payments are largely received tax-free, and so there's the actual amount that is being reported, and then you know there's the take-home amount as compared to what that take-home what would be required to get that same take-home take-home amount if you were working and subject to payroll tax, for example. So, I mean, you, you look at the number and then you have to layer on the taxation that gives you the real sort of benefit that's being conferred. That's right. And, and that strategy started in, in the Obama stimulus as well. They tried to push as much money through the untaxed programs as they could. Um, and that, like you said, that further puts the thumb on the scale in favor of not working, staying out of work longer, retiring earlier, those sort of things. Uh, you write in this piece in the in the journal that you wrote that I'm referencing. I mean, these are these are numbers that are going to stun people. In Kansas, a family of four with two unemployed adults who has earned U.S. median wages, so median wages, so was maybe household income fifty five grand, something like that, including. Yeah, Including the Biden add-on package, the after-tax equivalent of more than $135,000 on an annual basis without working an hour. That would be the value of it. In Massachusetts, it's 170 grand. You're making 55. You go on the you know Biden uh, transfer payment program, and you're getting the equivalent of 135 grand, almost three times your income, without having to do anything. Well, who wouldn't opt for that? Yeah, well, there'll be some people who won't. They, they really do want to get back to work, but there will be millions of people who do opt for that, and that's why this is uh, this relief package is the opposite of a stimulus. Uh, it, right, sure. I mean, the, you know, one of the things it's a it's a short term infusion, and so and people make economic decisions in the long term, but. As you said, for the short term, you know, I don't need to rush back to work unless perhaps it would imperil my long term employment prospects. But if it doesn't, why not just uh, sit it out and enjoy that sort of win? I mean, it's really a windfall, isn't it? Yeah, for for groups of people who are in that situation, um, it, it, it's the sort of thing they've never seen before. And so for for um, it's that now pulling back and giving sort of a macro impact of this with sort of these dynamics at play, what are we looking at in terms of uh, the employment impact of this two trillion dollar spend? Uh, we think it's going to be five to seven million jobs. Um, we know where we were. Uh, five to seven million jobs right. lost. Yeah, five. We know where we were before the pandemic, and we we like to get back to that and then pass it up. Uh, but this will keep us five or seven million below where we were. So it's 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 not necessarily adding to, but it's it's uh, restraining from getting back to 
that pre-pandemic place of employment. Yeah, and, and the Obama days will come back again. Remember, in the Obama people were scratching their heads. Why aren't we having a recovery? Why aren't we having a recovery? Well, this is that sort of head scratching is about to start in Washington again because um, you can't have a recovery under those sort of uh, incentives. Um, on a, and a related story, you didn't write about this, but just you're an economist, um, you can tackle this. Um, the, the larger macro concerns you have about this continued uh, printing press and uh, spending of money that we're manufacturing out of thin air, uh, and the, the implications for that as we try to unwind from not just a, a decade of modern monetary theory, but also then this last year of uh, substantial shutdowns of the economy. Well, my focus always is what they spend it on. Um, money well spent, I think, can, can be borrowed. Um, but the, the, the big concern is what they're spending on, and a lot of, lot of counterproductive spending going on here, going to special interests um, that only enhance the power and, and entrench those kind of unhealthy situations. Well, give us a, an example then so people can distinguish it from the rhetoric you hear from uh, politicians like Nancy Pelosi who say unemployment insurance uh, is stimulative. Um, give us a, 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 an idea of what you think is positive spend in a situation like this, or generally speaking, that has a real discernible return on investment as opposed to just the politician that says, you know, every dollar we spend has a positive ROI. Um, anything with the vaccine. <laughs> that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once people have had that vaccine and the, and the virus isn't spreading anymore in our communities, then you have the backdrop to be back to normal. And anything the government can do, you know, get those vaccine places working 24-7, you know, it wouldn't take a lot of money. And like you said, it'd be a huge ROI. We already had a huge ROI on on their Operation Warp Seed, which is only a $10 billion program and just a sliver of, of what this relief package is. But it's made a much more noticeable difference than any policy that's been done anywhere in the world. He is Casey Mulligan, uh, who, along with his colleague Steve Moore, wrote to this piece about uh, the job impact of the $1.9 trillion Biden proposal. He's a professor of economics at the University of Chicago who served as the chief economist of the White House Council of Economic Advisors in 2018 and 19. And he's the author of Your Hired, Untold Successes and Failures of a Populist President. Casey, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. Take care. seat and sharpen your pencils class is in session with professor dan proft and the dan proft show